your Pittsburgh Steelers, who are playing on, playing on Thursday night football this week against the Browns. The Pittsburgh Steelers played about 68 and a half minutes against the Bengals in week one. And besides for their 17 points off of five Joe Burrow turnovers, they had a whopping three points on offense before Mitch Trubisky had one of those like chaos plays to Pat Fryermuth that led to the game-winning touchdown that also only existed because Zach Taylor had punted the ball with a running clock in overtime 21 seconds before he should have, and that gave the Steelers a chance to go down and win. But Pittsburgh's 1-1. One one. They're taking on Cleveland. Uh, Cordell, what you thinking about everything going well, on in Pittsburgh? Yeah, you, you know, you, you, you bring up some good points. You bring up some, some things that transpired up until this point with how they've been playing. And here's the deal. When your passing offense is 28th in the league and your rush defense is 26th in the National Football League, there's a spark that's needed. Because the side of the football that you need to be really successful, they're 30, 30th when it comes to pass defense and they're 22nd when it comes to run defense. So the, the, the mixture of those numbers doesn't indicate dubs at all, right? The Steelers have, have very rarely been known from a defensive standpoint, double digits, let alone at the bottom half or the bottom quarter or the bottom third, if you will, the bottom third of the, of the National Football League. So with that, they, there has to be some, some, something produced in order to get this team to play better. If you're hearing Mitch Trubisky saying that he, he needs to throw the football downfield a little bit more or, or he missed a few guys in, there, in those intermediate passes or, or, or maybe when he scrambled and, and got sacked and tackled for a loss, should he have thrown it out of bounds? You know, you know it, it, it's like you're buying into the conversation of, of what's being said from whether it's the media or the fan base. You don't need to agree with anyone to let them know you acknowledge the issues because you're almost basically saying, well, here's the ignition. I'll give you the spare key to start the car up to get ready to put Kenny Pickett in when you have that type of conversation. What needs to be said is I need to go to, I need to watch film. You know, there were some opportunities that I did miss, but I only reacted to what I saw and be transparent to the moment, not transparent to the analysis with the Monday morning quarterbacks, right? You have to be very charismatic with your approach and stay stern in what you know and believe in, which is yourself, and not buy into the, the Kool-Aid that's being drank by many on the outside. So for me, I, I you know, I'm not going to rush to rush the judgment and say get rid of Mitch Trubisky at this moment in time. Because once this decision is made, we have to stick with Kenny Pickett throughout the duration of his career as a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think Coach Mike Tomlin. And what he said, he hadn't even thought about the change at the quarterback position at all when it comes to uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I think he just needs to play the game based off of what he sees in front of him. Take what the defense gives you is how we like to say it. Um, and if you can do that, it gives you a chance to succeed. And so for me, you know, I'm not prepared to see Kenny Pickett at the moment. I'm just not ready to see him. Not yet. And, and, and I think with that, um, you know, it's imperative and it's imminent that Mr. Trubisky goes out into his home state of Ohio and, and, and go out and play some good football. Um, if not, 
he's going to buy into the narrative that we need to go to the next quarterback. And that's Kenny Pickett, who's the 20th overall pick. Um, I don't believe in taking your early draft picks uh, and just throwing them in there uh, mm-hmm. really, really fast when you do have a veteran uh, that's capable of getting it done. I do believe in allowing him to learn. This is an organization that's not like the old school Cleveland Browns. It's not like the old school Cincinnati Bengals. It's not like the old school Indianapolis Colts when drafting Peyton Manning, right? Which was, if we draft you early in a draft, like top five picks, you may have an opportunity to go out and play, right? Sooner than later. Same thing they did in San Francisco. Look what they did with Trey Lance. They drafted him extremely early, but they had Jimmy Garoppolo there. How did that work out for them? They ended up making a great run, um, to playing some pretty well not he did that before I think before Trey Lance came uh yeah. but this is a situation where it's important to have a good backup or a good starter that's a veteran to come in and lead your team Jimmy Garoppolo could have started this year for the San Francisco 49ers I mean as mm-hmm. soon as he came off the bench you saw the morale of the team it just went up tremendously right throws that were made on the football field was stuff that we didn't see with Trey Lance Right now, you need to get Mitch Trubisky in that place to understand he's a veteran in this National Football League. And sometimes when going through some, through some tough times, like in Chicago, to sitting on the bench in Buffalo, you know, uh, I questioned him getting drafted as early as he did when <laughs> San Francisco switched with Chicago to get him, I think, at the second pick overall. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so, so it, Chicago had the third pick. San Francisco had the second pick. And then they they swapped. And it was weird, but I guess you could like argue that some other team would have traded up to number two. But it's just they gave up so much to move up one spot. Yes, they did. A a pick that, by the way, one of those picks they gave up ended up becoming Fred Warner. See what I'm saying? So, and how many games did Mitch Trubisky play his last year? 13 games. I think, he, I mean, he got, he had got drafted to second pick overall based yeah. off of 12 to 13 games. And so for me, I'm just like, that's, that's not enough. Like that's not enough data. So we're past that. So now he's in the national football league and he gets his opportunity. Some people question, should they have started him? Because reports came out of Chicago that him being able to process the information fast enough was an issue. So now what your question is, is the Pittsburgh Steelers scouting department. Mm-hmm. And I'm not questioning that scouting department because we've seen them be extremely successful since the existence of that organization. Uh, and if you want to go with the modern day era, uh, with how things have been going back to the seventies, uh, to coach Kyle and now coach Mike Tomlin, they've been extremely successful. So for me, I say they know what they were doing when they got Mitch Trubisky. The question now becomes, can Mitch Trubisky take his play to another level against his football team in the Cleveland Browns, you know, that had a pretty tough loss this past weekend uh, playing against Joe Flacco and the Jets in closing moments of the game. He ends up throwing a touchdown in the latter part of that game uh, to, to cause Cleveland to lose. Uh, because, of course, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett comes out on a football field. He has a drive. He ends up throwing a pick game over. But mm-hmm. um, this is a team that's suffering right now in Cleveland. And if Mr. Bisky can come out and take what the defense gives him, not get caught up into figuring out if he missed a guy wide open. You know what? So what if you miss a guy wide open downfield? If you're keeping the chains moving, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. It's not about 
am I throwing it deep all the time? You know, it doesn't ask Troy Aikman going back to the nineties when he had great runs, guess who was hitting the ball, throwing the ball to, he was throwing a Nova check. He was checking it down to Emmett Smith. And then as time progressed, he ended up throwing it vertically down the field to people uh, like Michael Irvin. Okay. And, and, and other players on that team that were deep threats. Uh, so you, you can't just take it all right now. You have to get your feet wet. Mr. Biscay is going probably from a mental standpoint, you know, he's trying to find himself being comfortable because he's seen what's happened over the past few years. It, you know, we can't feel sorry for him. We're not going to wait on him, right? And mm-hmm. when I say we, I mean I'm thinking like a coach would think because, you know, I was once a quarterback's coach. And, and you know, you had to deal with personnel groupings. And I know it's high school, but you had to take it serious. Like, it determined yeah. the fate of how good you can play and if you can win or not. <clears throat> and I just think Mitchell Trubisky has to come on now and play right now if he wants to see any day of light for himself as a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't keep sitting on it and coming back to the media saying, yeah, you know, maybe I need to throw it deeper. So now, you know what, tonight (laughs) we have to get prepared to see Mitch Trubisky throw the football down the field because he's heard whether it be receivers or the media or the fan base say he's not getting the ball down the field. So, you know what, we're going to see some more. We're going to see an exception because I don't think we've seen one from him yet. Yeah, but but we knew that that was the case with Mitchell Trubisky. Like the reason he wasn't an NFL starting quarterback last year and at the end in Chicago where it was him and Foles going back and forth is because Mitch Trubisky is not good at throwing the ball in the intermediate. When he throws the ball deep, it's where he gets in trouble. Well, last year with with, with Buffalo, it didn't matter. Josh Allen was the man. He had no No, chance in hell. He didn't play. So he wouldn't go see the daylight there. But yes. to your point, yes, you're 100% correct. Yes, yes, yes I but, but the fact that he wasn't a starter in the NFL, absolutely, that's part of the yes. conversation with Mitch. That part. And, that part. you know, that I, I feel like the whole conversation with the Steelers is more about Kenny Pickett than it is about Trubisky. Like, the, the Steelers chose Trubisky as their veteran quarterback. Like, it, it wasn't like he was already there before. They actively seeked him out, and they wanted him on the yeah. team. And that yeah. was also before they drafted Kenny Pickett. And we yeah. talked about, like, it could be Malik Willis. It could have been Kenny Pickett. They went for Pickett and they're going to go with their their per, their scouting department and their player evaluation and trust that they knew what they wanted at the quarterback position. So right. I find that interesting from Pittsburgh and how they do the dynamic because it feels like more about the development of Kenny Pickett than it is the play of Mitchell Trubisky at this point. It's a combination of both. The Steelers are not going to sacrifice wins for the sake of a Kenny Pickett, right? If they're both in the same playing field, I think in all fairness, the Steelers are doing the right thing to give Kenny Pickett the opportunity because they say they would give him a chance. He's proven that he's worthy of an opportunity via preseason. Now it's just a matter of trying to figure it out right now in the games. Mm-hmm. Are they doing it at the expense of a Kenny Pickett? Sure. Are they doing it at his expense in the sense of saying, this is a time where you can learn good, bad, or indifferent from a veteran that's in front of you that we have confidence in to get it done. Because if Kenny Pickett comes in and something happens to him, who's up next? Rudolph? I doubt it. It's going to be it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, they want their cake and they're going to eat it too in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's just how that organization operates. They're not selling for anything less. So with that, it's 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 of the immediate pressing moment, an imminent moment now, time for Mitch Trubisky to figure it out if he's going to throw it deep or is he going to throw it underneath? And most (laughs) importantly, what he does have, I think that favors him, is the ability to move. 
He doesn't need to get caught up into does he run too much or is he running because he can't process the defense? You know what? If you're going to ask that question that get me first downs and touchdowns, I'm going to say, yes, that's why I am running. You know, because sometimes, I mean, let's just think of the different Broncos. I like to talk about where stuff like this is happening everywhere. Russell Wilson doesn't look comfortable right now in that offense in Denver. So what is he trying to do? Sometimes he tries to force it, but he's trying to make plays with his feet. And because you do have those, those, those things beneath you, use them, and it can help him get to the next level. And so I just think, I think he's going to be okay, but I just don't like when I hear quarterbacks or players buying into the narrative of what the media or the fan base is thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Because then they are now controlling your thought process. I was in Pittsburgh myself, just to give you a, 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 a personal uh, uh, um, story, is when I was in Pittsburgh, you know, I knew the majority wanted to see me play wide receiver. I know this for a fact. And it, it became a more of a tolerating and not celebrating situation with me and that love affair in that city because I did play receiver so well. So if, as Coach Cower mentioned at the Pat Summerall uh, event, I think uh, this was about maybe three to four years ago when the Super Bowl was here in Atlanta, I remember when I went to the event to see him and congratulate him and was there with Chan Gailey and James Harrison, who's, who's, who's one of the can- potential candidates for finalists for the Hall of Fame. Heinz uh, Ward was there. And Coach Kyle was giving a speech about his experience. And, and we're talking about, again, we're talking about allowing narratives to control you, right, with Mitch Trubisky. Coach Kyle was speaking about he had a quarterback that was being successful, but I was looking at the quarterback position and, and I – I saw the best receiver on the football field playing quarterback. And then we had Mr. Rooney, you know, uh, bless his heart. Um, Dan Rooney, the late Dan Rooney. Um, when we was at Jerome Bettis' enshrinement into the Hall of Fame, I saw him coming down the stairs with Miss, Miss Rooney. And, I mean, he saw me. I said, what you doing down there, big fella? He looks at me, goes, hey, what's up, my good friend? How are you? You know, Mr. Rooney was a good guy, soft-spoken guy. He said, I told you you should have played wide receiver. Another guy. So now all of a sudden, here it is. We got... Uh, coach Hokey, running backs coach, after <laughs> filling in for Tom Brady in 2002, you know, saying, Cordell, you know, if you'd have played wide receiver, you know, you could have, you could have been a Hall of Famer. Now, if you're hearing that conversation from these guys individually, that means that near, that narrative was, was within the, the bloodstream of the organization when it comes down to how you, now, guess what? I could have taken that and came by my mom and said, you know what? I should have went out and played wide receiver. No, 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 that wasn't the case. Because if we look at the game today, we do have Mr. Trubisky playing. We did see Doug Flutie playing. We do see the Russell Wilson. We saw the Michael Vicks. We see the Donovan McNabbs, right? You know, we, 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 we see the Josh Allens. We see the Aaron Rodgers, right? We see all of these guys. Of course, Randall Cunningham was a big part of that. But in this case, I was a player that played wide receiver extremely well. It was one of the reasons why we had an opportunity in that Super Bowl 30 to make it to that Super Bowl in that season, 1995, with Yancey Thigpen, Ernie Mills, Charles Johnson, the late Charles Johnson, one of my good friends who's no longer with us, to the Andre Hastings and the Johnny Barnes and the Corey Holidays. Yeah, you should have stayed at YRC. But you know what? I never bought into that narrative and talked about it. I said, you know what? Why can't we talk about both things that I did? Right? So with Mitch Trubisky, you don't need to buy into the narrative. Don't even address it. It doesn't matter. What matters is you're playing the game, you're seeing what the defense is giving you, and you're reacting to it. I wish I could get him and talk to him once. Really, I'm serious, because 
I've been a part of that life of hearing people saying what you should have done and what you could have done and how it could have, you know, worked for you a little bit better, but no one's actually in that position to do it. Even though the coaching staff didn't openly suggest that I go play wide receiver, not one time, but you hear it on the back end that you should have done it. And all I'm saying is I went to the Pro Bowl as quarterback. The mm-hmm. two years the four, out of the four years that we had a full season where I wasn't going to the bench for a Mike Tomczak or, or, or Tommy Maddox or King Graham, the four years that I actually started full-time, we went to two AFC championship games. And of the six years, I had a chance to start full-time as be a part of starting as a quarterback. We have four different coordinators. Did I ever bitch and complain about that? Did I ever say I should have went to wide receiver? No, we can't. You can't do that. And I think Mr. Trubisky, off of what I heard him say via the media, that maybe he should have looked downfield a little bit more. The reason he didn't is because he wasn't prepared to do it. He wasn't ready to. It's not the time. It's not a, it's not a comfortable place for Mr. Mm-hmm. Misky to do that. So I think probably in practice, what did he do? Press the envelope. Coach created defenses on a scout team for him to get certain looks to be able to throw it downfield so he could be comfortable. That's why you practice. And if he comes out and does it this week and he's successful, God damn it, you know what? I guess he was right. He should have tried a little more often. And but I'm not saying what I'm saying is don't force the issue. He just basically needs to get out of his own head if that's the case, right? For as feeling troubled because he's not competing the way he wants to, to um, being able to produce the way he would like to. And, and sometimes I can play with your mind, right? Because um, uh, I think you and I at one point in time, just in our conversation off air, just, just randomly talking, you and I, I think we talked about maybe he turned the TVs off when he was in Chicago, stuff getting in his head or whatever. So, you know, if that's the case, right, um, from hearing that, uh, if that's the case, we're going to see him press tonight because right? he's going to want to prove a point that he's good enough to, to, to make those downfield throws that we may hear players, the receivers, have an outburst saying that what we're not doing or what the offensive coordinator is not calling. And, you know, and which, which let me say this, you better believe Mike Tomlin is going to correct that that narrative, like there will be no players uh, openly running their mouths on no one's time when it comes down to how that organization is being run. So with that, I just think, you know, he just needs to go out and play. Don't get caught up into the nuances of, of what's being said. And, you know, players are going to talk. People are going to be uncomfortable. And before you know it, when that happens, then that energy steered truly over to the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy transition for that to be potentially an issue psychologically. If that's not the case, good for him. Just continue to play. You're just winning one. You, no one wins the Super Bowl in the month of September. I'm not throwing in a towel on him. I just wanted to see him go out and be the talent that he is, whatever that may be, um, and, 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 and go from there. Because all we really have is what he did in Chicago, truthfully. Uh, and that wasn't good, uh, holistically. Like it, Other people were involved in the problems, but they knew stuff that a lot of people didn't know. And, uh, well, what they thought they knew uh, wasn't what it is, what it was. And that's why they mm-hmm. end up letting him go. So and, he just and needs to go were, play the game. Oh, I was just going to say, if it yeah. were just a Chicago problem, someone else would have given him a chance right after that. There, there's obviously that's other exactly. stuff going on. Uh, the stuff going on. So uh, he gets a chance to get in, in, into the black and gold, and he has to embrace the challenge, you know, of, of knowing that the fans are going to push him, the energy is going to be high, and it's a tremendous amount of expectation. So, 
you know, being that he's failed, you know, in Chicago and didn't get a chance to play in Buffalo, you have to assume that that energy of wanting to do so well is sticking out like a sore thumb, right? So as you alluded to, what's going on between his ears to struggling to trying to figure it out, I can see that happening, but he just needs to play because the, the vote of confidence, confidence coming from Mike Tomlin is, is obvious. He said it openly. He said it to everyone that he's not thinking about making no changes anytime soon. So the luck is still in his, on his side. He's still good. He's still going to be good for a bit, and I'm sure we'll have more Kenny Pickett, Trubisky conversations as the years go along. But uh, once they do make that switch, you feel like once they make the switch, it's that for good, and they're going to give Pickett the freedom to play and make mistakes and grow as a quarterback. Once they make that switch, there's no back and forth. There's no back and forth. I mean, you know that. I mean, you watch the game enough. You don't have to be a player to identify that one, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just... It's pretty much self-explanatory. Once they make this move to Kenny Pickett, it's injury-related that he comes off the football field. That's the only way. Once they make this move to Kenny Pickett, if they make it anytime soon. So I don't want to think that far down the road because that means the team is really struggling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do I have any – if I have a dog in this fight? Not at all. But being a part of that organization and seeing how it operates and how it works, I understand it. And so we just need to see him come out and play because you become a fan of – of a player like a, a Mitch Trubisky because he didn't get the opportunity to get the good end of the stick for his success is concerned. That goes for any player in the National Football League. That goes for, you know, guys who get opportunities that no one said, like Trey Lance, when seeing him in San Francisco get a chance. And Jimmy Garoppolo, for the sake of conversation, when he was in New England, to see him then go to San Fran and get such a nice deal to Trey Lance. Like when you see guys are in those positions to, to, to have a chance to play, don't play because of the veteran that's in front, Jimmy Garoppolo in New England, after having his chance to play, play very well. Tom Brady comes back, rest is history, of course. You want to see him get an opportunity because you know he's not going to be there for long in Pittsburgh. You know, it's 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 Kenny Pickett's job on the horizon. And it's and it's obviously Mitch Trubisky's to lose, but you don't think of it being Mitch Trubisky's to lose because if he wins, it's his to keep. Mm -hmm. Just win, baby. Just win. You know, and I think if he does that, he has the pieces, he has the talent around him to do it. I think we just have to give it time, though. You know, you know, we don't know what's going on between his ears as far as the stuff that he had to endure in Chicago to how he went in Buffalo. You know, you got to have thick skin to play this position. You can't feel sorry for him. You know, and and I think if he could, if he could make a good run at this thing, he, he can he can be on a very good team that can really have some good success. Mm -hmm. winning and playing well are the big things for him right now and he's going to get some time because it's the band-aid mm -hmm. it'll it'll yeah. fix a lot of stuff for him because i mean they did win week one i'm not going to say mitch trubisky played great week one but they did win right. week one and that yeah. will will heal the bandage just a little bit longer that's right that's right i agree with that 100 percent. And, and 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 that's like anything else like i said you cover it up you know it'll heal over time and uh you got to let it keep, keep taking peeks at it. You got to just let it keep the bandage on and just keep on going. You know, the bandage will come off eventually. It'll wear off eventually, which basically means it's healed. So uh, I think he'll be fine. I, I still, I still, I still like him playing a full game tonight and uh, being successful at it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.